mean, I not feel... can't assume it'd be a gun. How how many years ago was that? Oh, no. Okay, guys, let's guess. Are you trying to figure out when guns were invented and was yes, they go? I, okay. Guns like nineteen ten. Hello and welcome to episode number five nineteen of the podcast. I'm your host, Songs McCoy, and I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The Popcast is a show dedicated to delightful idiocy, and we're committed to educating you on things entertained but do not matter. To find out more about these pedagogic pursuits, check us out at knoxandjamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Popcast, and we're on Twitter at PopcastPod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be talking the nose of teachers. But before we do that, as you know, we launched the first of two live shows in a mere 10 days in honor of 10 years of the podcast. Now, we still have room at the end for our Austin show on September 2nd. Bonus, if you're flying solo to the show or maybe you've wanted to come, but you didn't want to come alone or maybe your loved ones are lame, Indy has planned a delightful solo ticket holders free meetup just for you. You can go to knoxandjamie.com slash RSVPATX, which gets you more details. Now, if you want to be in the room where it happened, use code BIRTHDAY to save 25% on tickets. Plus, check our socials on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central for a giveaway of opened up seats. Of course, some of you live in other countries and, and Alaska and maybe you can't make it to Texas. So why not watch the show from your home? That's a great idea. Thank you. I love that idea. Invite over your friends who also love the podcast and make a party of it. You already have a cousin's outdoor summer wedding on September 2nd? No worries. The live stream will have a replay window of one full week so you can plan your podcast party for Labor Day or on Wednesday when we're known for podcasting. If you use code CHAD, C-H-A-D, G-P-T, you can save 31%. On your live stream ticket. Note, the live stream ticket discount code only works through end of day on Friday, September 1st, and then the price goes up. Just head to knoxandjamie.com slash live for all the details on being with us in person, RSVPing for our solo meetup, or watching the live stream at home. The link is in the show notes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, Jamie, uh, it's time to talk the nose of teaching. I like that that we've gathered here 
to honor one of our favorite groups, one of my favorite groups for sure. Uh, and we're going to do that with the nose episode. I'm, in the content meeting, there was a lot of like, is this the best way to honor teachers by talking about how they're bad at teaching? And it felt a little bit like a split consensus there. It did. We got a lot of teachers who actually talked a lot of S word about mm-hmm. students and parents. And so I think it was a nice, beautiful balance. Now, why do you think we have, for a long time, we had a reputation that we were not pro-teacher. Where do you think that came from? I don't know. I have to assume it's you. I, I have to assume that it's you. Yeah. <laughs> so I love teachers. Let me go on the record. I love teachers. Mrs. Adams, Mrs. Glover, Dr. Patty Owen Smith. These are women who genuinely like changed me, changed how I saw myself, and changed the course of my life so I could be a pop culture podcaster. I love them so much. They would be so proud of me if two of them weren't already dead. It's wow. fine. It's fine. They're proud of me in heaven. You know, when I, because uh, I, I try to think about like the, the, platonic ideal of teaching like in my life like when i think of teacher who comes like what's the image i project um and i think it's mr lambert it was my ap language class Aww. he was really cool like he set cool kid style during class i was like look at this freaking guy he's not sitting in the chair the right way he's sitting in like cool kid like zach morris or something <laughs> and he had us over for dinner like our midterm was like a van gogh painting and he was like write what you think this is about and then halfway through he was like hold the phone what if I told you this is the last thing Van Gogh did before he killed himself? Now write about what you think this is about. And my head was blown. I was like, this is the greatest teacher ever. And I just really loved him. Like he was, oh, he was my favorite. No pun intended. Your head was blown. It's fine. Did he, did Van Gogh no, off? No. You don't know how he killed himself, but you no. were just like. I mean, I, I feel... can't assume it'd be a gun. How, how many years ago was that? Oh, no. Okay, guys, let's guess. Are you trying to figure out when guns were invented? And was yes. Van Gogh? I, okay. Guns, like uh, 1910? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Wait, America, I know. The Civil in, War would have, like, what do you, was it pool noodles? In the Patriot, they had guns. Did they? Did they have guns in the Patriot or just? They did not have guns in Braveheart. Okay. Did they? I don't <laughs> I feel like they No, I don't know if they did. did I, don't know I know they that did. they had guns in like the Civil War and then I don't know no, the no, he talks about guns in Hamilton. So they definitely had guns in the Revolutionary War. You so, oh, Okay, you were still on the fence about that one. It, I was still on the fence. Okay, yeah, like okay, the Patriot. Yeah. I was like, okay, so I don't know about things that happened before that and so where they would use guns. How did he die? How did he look. take his own life? It's, it's going to be hilarious if he blew his head off with I mean it's not going to be hilarious. No, it's not. It's not. Full stop. Okay. Full stop. I'm, it's not hilarious. It would just be, some people would say it's ironic if you. As did. a reminder, humor is cathartic for sad situations. God, he shot himself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? I, I like Mr. Lambert. This is my fault. I shouldn't no. have said no pun intended, but they, I know they would have come in and been like, it blew your head, it blew your mind, it blew your... Uh, I like Mr. Lambert because he had a class playlist. He was like, everyone give me like your favorite song. You feel like it describes who you are. And for some godforsaken reason, I chose a P.O.D. song. And he <laughs> yeah, let me include did. it. And he still yeah, took me did. seriously. He still made eye contact with he, me. He had gave a little mixed CD. He had a oh, little yeah. mixed CD. Oh, playlist. I love that. What yeah. a good guy. My friend Scott did the uh, the P. Diddy song from uh, Godzilla. Or, yeah, I think it was, it was yeah, like, da-na-na, da-na-na. <laughs> it was, and if you know Scott, it makes a lot of sense. I've so, met Scott, and that makes a lot of Mr. sense. Mr. Lambert is just a gem uh, of a oh, person. Oh, I love that. Did you like your baseball teacher? Was that person Did I like, like my it? baseball teacher is the question <laughs> I'm going to consider right now. I think I did, Jamie. I think I did. Because <laughs> you were into baseball. Like, you were going to be a baseball player. So I assumed, because you, it's like these two teachers were in, like, uh, like it's a mixtape battle for your love and your destiny and your eternity. 
Yeah. Uh, and no one, no one correct her that it's usually called a baseball coach. I like baseball teacher. <laughs> Normalize. Isn't he doing the same thing? Right? He's teaching you baseball and how to be better. He's educating you. I like, I like, let's normalize athletic coaches being called athletic why? teachers. But, but why do baseball coaches wear the uniform when none it's of the other sports question. coaches do? I actually, I appreciate the commitment to the bit and I wish, I want, I want like a <laughs> Santa Spurs coach, Greg Popovich. Popovich. I want to see Greg Popovich in, did you just correct me, Erin? Did she just you have it no, right I, there? I, you were trying to think of it and I was going to hey, help you. How does she no, sorry. Sports? That was aggressive. I was proud. I was happy. No, okay, I was happy okay. you were correcting me. Okay. That was a good I, thing. I wasn't trying to overstep my boundaries. No, no, no boundaries. No boundaries. Um, oh, Probably some boundaries. Um, But I would like to see Greg Popovich. <laughs> I, I personally <laughs> have a few. I would like to second that. I, I have some myself as well. Any personal information. But yeah, Jamie, just that was the the most long winded way to agree with you. Uh, and Aww, I added really yay, no value to what we you did said. It. So my okay, apologies. Good. Um, we asked on social for the no's of teachers. But before we get to all those great no's on social media, I would like to ask you, Jamie, do you have a personal no of teaching? I do. And I wouldn't normally put a name to it, but her name was Mrs. Stanford, my first grade teacher. Uh, she said, let's talk about all the ways she was a no. She said I had, had a hearing problem and I had to see an audiologist uh, mm-hmm. four times my first grade year. Uh, she could not adequately explain to me why Dick and Jane, why Jane's name wasn't Janie. All I asked mm-hmm. was, why isn't Janie? Okay. My mom's name is Jan. Mom, Jamie. Why isn't it Janie? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Reasonable question for a child to ask a teacher. <sighs> right. FYI, that's not education. She just said, it, there's not an ah. She just said, there's not an ah. And I was like, well, that, you're not educating me. Okay, but thanks for nothing. I mean, Instead I think of, she is. I don't see any <laughs> Get up. Instead of letting me get extra books from the library, she made me read her. Because I could read really fast, even though I didn't always read the words correctly. Right. Um. But I could read really fast, and she wouldn't let me get extra books from the library, even though the librarian said I could have extra books. So she would make me read her teacher's HR manual that she kept in her desk when I read all the stuff during reading time. And and I was six, by the way, okay? And then she taped my hands to try to get me to hold my pencil, quote, correctly. Mm-hmm. And then she failed me in writing, which, uh, hello, I can't hold my pen like I want. And then my mother hated her. And my mom is a nurturing, caring Enneagram too, who loves or pretends to love everyone. And she hated her. And at the playground, she wouldn't let me dig holes, which is fair. You can't just dig holes in a playground. Yeah. But she wanted me to play house with the girls in the little underneath the uh, slide. And I wanted to play bank. And she told me girls don't play bank. Okay. God, there's so much there. <laughs> the fact that... The girls got to play house under a slide like Harry Potter lived in a house. That's sad. <laughs> That's, right. That's a commentary. That's right. uh, the fact that the, this perpetuation of you digging holes, what's going on there? Psychologists <laughs> listening, can you help us understand I'm what trying, Jamie's- I think I was trying to verify if hell was real. And I just was like, <laughs> if I can find it, then I'll know. I um, I don't see a lot of issues with your teacher um, just because I feel like that lab- librarian was a little out of sorts. She needs to respect chain of command. And if the teacher says no books, then the librarian doesn't get to supersede that, I don't think, for a six-year-old. And in her defense- you said you read really fast, but you don't always get the words right. That's I don't think that's reading. That's that's just kind of guessing. So I don't know that she um, that you were justified in I, saying I'm I would sorry. like to read. Are you? I'm sorry. That appears to be a plank in your eye sure. in this recording because you said Chloe was pronounced like Schlo. So right. I don't know that you get to judge me. I'm not out here saying I need to be in charge of more name pronunciations, though. That would be I'm the just difference. Saying if I, what, what's the difference if her name is Jan or Janie or Jane? It doesn't make a difference. Chloe in the, or Schloe. Do you it's think the same Jane? Principle. Do you think the spot situation is different because her because I pronounced her name in my 
my head as Jenny. I don't think it changed. I like that you're old is showing because you're referencing C. Dick and Jane Run and C. Dick and Jane <laughs> Spot Listen, as like, that's I how am. I am. I'm proud. On the Mayflower. 80s for a, 80s <laughs> elementary school forever. How dare you? Miles Standish taught me phonics. Stop it. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's your, what's your no? Um, I, my no is going to be, I've, I've got two little baby ones. It's teachers who start the year cool. They're like, I'm a cool teacher. You're going to love this class. I'm awesome. And then they slowly turn into like, General Norman Schwarzkopf, and they get harder <laughs> and harder and like edgier and meaner and nastier. And I always feel like that's an error because you start off like Norman Schwarzkopf and then you get cool. You turn into Tina Fey. You don't start as Tina Fey and go the opposite direction. You can all, you can always ease up a little bit, but you can't get more hardcore with your discipline because that's just like disorienting for the kids. You think so it's like that, that summer shine and the teachers are like, oh, I'm so rested and I was off and I'm just yeah. easy breezy. But then they remember it takes them like a couple of weeks to get back in the swing of things of going, oh, children are awful. I oh, yeah. Get I hate back kids. On track. I hate yeah. kids. If hate I was a teacher, kids. I would do that, to be clear. That's yeah. exactly, exactly yeah. what I would I do. I would as well. And then the other one, this isn't about teachers. This is about what teachers are asked to do. Um, the teachers who are tasked with 90-minute class periods, Aaron, yeah. I don't know if you guys have this, but like into the middle school area, um, one of the schools uh, our kids go to, they're like, it's kind of like block scheduling and you have 90 minutes of a class. Oh, and no. I think that's too long to ask people. That is way to too teach. long. We, they do like 45-minute ones here. Yeah, that's what our other school does. And and I like that because it, I just think like, uh, you know what else like is 90 minutes, like a like a movie. And that has a lot of people working on that, you know, actors, directors, craft service people to ask this teacher to do that every day. I just think that's irrational. Especially in, a, in a, an attention deficit economy like we have yeah. now. There's no yeah. way. There's I no agree. way. I would I would have walked around and walked out. Like I would have wandered around and it would have been like- You got one kid asking you, why isn't Jane, Janie? And you're like, I don't know. I, I, was I didn't very demanding. ask. I wasn't, <laughs> I don't I was know authorial intent. I'm trying to teach this class. I know, I know. Just ridiculous. Um, okay, do you want to move to some of these uh, do, teacher can, knows? Well, can I share one anonymous with you real quick? Um, this anonymous said, I used to teach first grade in Greenville, South Carolina, and I was trying to help my students memorize the mayor's name during social studies, whose name was Knox White. Okay. And so I would ask them so that we'd get in the rhythm of every time that I ask, who's the mayor? They'd be like, Knox White. But I taught them instead that the mayor's name was Knox McCoy. And so wow. every time the first like graders I, Like chant, she did that on purpose? She was just no, like rewriting history? She said, I'm just a little podcast listener. And it was fresh on my mind. <laughs> and so I just said, not. and so I'd be like, who's the mayor? And they'd be like, Knox McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I didn't realize it until the next week's episode. And I had to go back and tell them, hey, we all make mistakes. Yeah. And the mayor's name is not McCoy. It's White. So I'm really glad my name's not Knox White. Because that feels like... Big white supremacy that's, that's, energy. That's double white. It's too energy. much. Knox it's is already much. pretty white, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, first Nat citing there that we are we're in the battle of the uh, what's the what was the boring Lord of the Rings movie where they fought the orcs for like the whole time? The two towers. towers. The two towers. That's what we got up here in the podcast office because y'all are fighting early now. Last we time are. it was the more you know, but now like we're in the middle of the episode, so. Good luck it's tough out here. It's tough out here. Our first listener comment comes from Christy Brokaw, who says, does anyone remember in the 80s when on your birthday, the teacher would spank you in front of the class? You know, one little swat for every year of your life, plus one to grow on. Is this the origin of Gen X and elder millennial trauma? I also remember when the nice teacher started letting you choose between birthday spankings and birthday hugs. Oh, okay. Aaron, do you remember that? Did that happen to you? We were at the point where it was disciplinary spanking. There was no birthday okay. spanking. 
Okay. You were you were at the intersection of like, hey, you're spanking, is that, should we be doing that or should we yes, kind of phase that it out? Was, it was like, is this still okay? Probably not. But Mr. Shades was still doing the spanking. In oh, did you have like a, a designated spanker? Like this is the guy? This it was is the, the vice the executioner? principal. He was, gi- he was a, oh, an really? absolutely giant man with a very <laughs> red face and his name was Mr. Shades. You want to know my spicy take? I don't think big man, big man, not a big spank. I think you got to watch out for the little ladies with the firm hands. That's you got to watch out for. Yeah, that's you paddled me. Listen, I got paddled like, I think seven times in elementary school. Right. Uh, But more books, please. Listen, (laughs) I made a a quick list of three of them. I was paddled for yelling the word cuff backwards at Miss Cummings (laughs) class because me and Joe Green told me to do it. Right. And I was paddled going to the bathroom and then I just went to the library instead. Like I just kept going and I I got paddled for that. There's got to be a, I dug a hole, unauthorized hole I dug. I was paddled for not napping in nap time in kindergarten and then made to churn butter in the commons area while other kids napped because I was like refusing to take a nap. Churn butter? Jamie, well, I'm trying to help you. Okay. You're telling I only had to churn butter that week because we had gone on a field trip to a farm. And so yeah. they, were, they had taught us how to shake the mason jar to make butter. Is sure. that how you make butter? I but don't. I remember that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's how I don't think that's how Landa Lakes makes butter. But I'm just saying that's you don't how know we. That. You can't what, say that. what did they do with your butter? We sent it. We took it home, but you had to shake it. For no, so I'm long. talking your disciplinary butter. Yeah. Oh, I took it home. Punishment butter. But it was you, so after I got on, paddled. It was butter. after I got paddled. So I got paddled, and then I had to shake because she was like, "You can't stay in here. You're too loud." <laughs> so I had to be in the comments, and she just kept an eye on me from the classroom. I was in there by myself. I don't think not napping is a paddleable offense. I don't either. Uh, Well, in, you know, in backwoods Alabama in the 80s, it for sure was. Yeah. That's, that's crazy, man. That is like legit crazy. I I don't know if I'm Nelsa or uh, Mandela affecting myself, but I remember this. Oh. Um, And the only reason it's not like a, a, a trauma memory for me is my birthday was always on Christmas break. So I never like got to experience it in school. So otherwise, I, if if I if this had happened to me, I would have never forgotten it. But I have I have a memory of this where uh, there were like birthday paddles, but like in a fun way. And I remember as a kid being like, I don't know about this. This feels weird and strange to me. Really, I would have been like, this is exciting. I don't think I would have questioned it. And I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of it at all. Um, okay, up next we have Rebecca PH31 who said, I am a pre-K teacher, and as we say, there's never a dull day in pre-K. My first year teaching, I had a girl knock over the goldfish bowl, causing the fish to fall on the floor. I guess she panicked and stomped it to death, oh then threatened the other girls with her not to tell what happened. It wasn't until later when my instructional assistant found scales on the ground that we even knew that Donut Von Wigglebottom was dead. Okay, I just, I know we're going to get right oh, past no, let's it. Get to, no, let's go to the most important thing. Well, I just, I, I want to respect Donut, Donut Von Wigglebottom because like we're, we're going to talk about all these other issues, but that's a great fish name. Sounds like a, like a rascally baron in the first world war. So I just wanted to like honor that. You think that's the detail. best name? It's not Goldie Hawn. That's a good name. That's a right? good one too. That's a good one. <laughs> I like Goldie Hawn. I like Sardine maybe, like a new identity. You like the name a Sardine? For the goldfish in class, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not against it. I'm just clarifying. I know. I like sardine, and I like uh, slim shady. Those are my uh, list of names that I made. I don't. I don't hate any of those. I think those right? are all great. Those are good. Those I think obviously good. we, we th- th- we've got an issue here. You know, Rebecca Ph. This is a bit of a situation uh, to unpack, and I, I don't want to victim blame, but I, I do think Rebecca Ph. If there's a goldfish bowl in pre-K class that's close enough to be knocked over. 
I think that's kind of entrapment, honestly, because you're just asking for the goldfish bolt to be knocked over if right. it's reachable by Because I would think every little four-year-old wants to hold the fish and oh, touch yeah. the fish. If it's reachable, it's getting hit. It's getting struck. I, so the, the real thing I just want to talk about is if you're the teacher, how do you handle this? Like how do you go forward seeing the scales on the ground, knowing what's happened, and knowing that Goldie Hawn or Sardine is gone? New fish. Goldie Hawn, Goldie Hawn the sequel, Electric Boogaloo. Like, okay, so you're, you're like, there's a killer in our midst, but we're not going to even ruminate on well, that. Well, and what I would do is if I was Rebecca, if I was a teacher, I'd be like, look, uh, Donut's back to life and now has wants vengeance. And okay. And so that, I keep, like that. that keep that little girl in line. I like that. See, I, I, would, I would do like, let's do true crime day, you know, and <laughs> teach the kids about procedurals and method. They can look for clues. You know, you found the scales. Yeah. But you can let someone else like maybe Liam can find them and be like, oh, my gosh, we have a lead or whatever. I think the only problem with this is if it's at like a religious school and you're like trying to figure out why did Goldie Hawn die, they're probably gonna be like it was the fish was probably gay. So God smite it. And like that'll be into that mystery. But I think if it's not, it was God's will. It was God's will. God, God needed it for something better to happen. Do you think this little four year old grew up to be a member of the House of Representatives? Because it felt like maybe maybe she did. I definitely pledged to fraternity at a state school. I know that a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just think you have to have like you have to have a funeral ceremony and who you think did the, like the pesticide. I think you have to give her the the eulogy duty and see how she like does she crack or like does she uh, uh, does she admit to what she did? Make the accomplices write the obituary. I think you'll get, you'll get to know a lot about those kids. Listen, violence against animals is like an early sign of it's not going to be great. Do you know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, but like violence against animals because you're trying to cover up a crime. Is that okay? I'm not saying it is. I don't, think that's, the, I don't think that's better. I think that you're reacting worse. like I'm saying it's okay. I'm just asking <laughs> the question. Is it okay? It's fair. Okay. Up next, we have Casey Ford 77, who said, when I was student teaching in high school English, a student gave my mentor teacher a hand-sewn pillow. Sweet, right? And then proceeded to tell her it was stuffed with the student's own hair. (gasps) Okay. It's, it's, it's strange, right? This is, this is a strange thing, but let me just ask the unpopular question. What does it matter when it's stuffed with? Oh, you know? it matters. It does. But what? That's, but that's DNA. That's used in a anything that can be used as evidence in a criminal court should not be stuffed inside a pillow. I, th- I mean, a lot of things can be used as criminal evidence, you know. But, uh, and but I think I, none I, of them should be inside a pillow. Polyfill for life or duck feathers. I I think the the Victorians they would call this very reasonable. This is very normal for the Victorians. Like even after the Civil War, women would write Robert E. Lee and be like, "Hey, can you send me some of that hair?" Please enclose some of that hair, a lock of that hair, because you can't spell lock without taking the L, Robert E. Lee, you know, but he would, like he would definitely send hair. Like this is just normal for people. So do you think that in this situation that Casey Ford should have been like, hey, let me lean in close. Uh-huh. Don't tell people. It can be filled with your hair. Yeah. But don't, maybe don't tell them it's filled with your hair. Okay. This is a great question. What's worse? Up front, being up front, be like, hey, here's a pillow. It's great. My blood, sweat, and tears have gone into this and also my hair. Or is it better to be like, here's a pillow, six months later, you know, your dog gets it, shreds it, and all this hair starts spilling out, oh. which is a worse situation. <laughs> okay, that does you. sound worse, actually. <laughs> I'm, that's not great. You know, we had an anonymous person, a teacher, send a copy of a letter that she was sent by a student, and this is what it said. It said, you are my favorite teacher because you are so fun and make Spanish class enjoyable. Everyone loves having you as a teacher, and I look forward to Spanish class every day. I admire your patience in teaching us. You always make sure everyone in the class is comfortable and safe. In parentheses, skinny jeans are out of style now. Wow. That's the best rapid and pretty I've ever heard. (laughs) I'm just saying. 
saying, like, we need to teach kids what is appropriate to say and what is not appropriate to say. That's what I'm saying. Like, No, I, but you know what, though? For, the, for this generation, they're going to hit you with the big, like, insult stick. I'd rather it be – the only note I would say is, like, put that in the middle after the comfortable and safe part. And then, like, be like, hey, skinny jeans are out of style. And they'd be like, but again, love your work. Love what you do. Love the vibe. Temperature in the classroom <laughs> is great. It's still so brutal because she's it probably is. thinking back about all the times she wore skinny jeans. And it's not a good it's not a good look. So, unfortunately. This episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. I just love a reason to celebrate a niche pop culture-themed holiday, don't you? Whether it's April 25th, known as the perfect date, when all you need is a light jacket. If you know, you know. Or better yet, May the 4th. I'll gladly go all in. I was trying to think of a fun way to decorate R2 Dusty in honor of this most holy day of the year. And then I found out that Pear Eyewear just launched a Star Wars theme collection. Now I think I might have to celebrate by getting some new top frames for me instead, because the force is just that strong in their newly launched Star Wars collection. You guys, I'm not even joking. These frames are so adorable. And when I saw that they had a Grogu gradient, I could not contain my excitement. They have 21 unique designs that are all perfectly niche in the most delightful way. Their interpretations of familiar Star Wars icons are like fun Easter eggs that you can easily snap onto your favorite glasses whenever you're in the mood for a change. I love that their frames are so affordable at just $25 and that changing them is so easy. Hearing that little snap when you change out your frames, so satisfying. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. And whether you side with the Rebels, the Dark Side, or the Mandalorian, Pair Eyewear has got you covered. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R eyewear.com code POP. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, small ones, whether it's the stress that comes with planning a big event, having to redo the electrical in your entire house unexpectedly, or simply having to go on a picnic lunch when you'd rather be home pantless watching your favorite show. Stress is truly a universal experience that if left unchecked can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest and work through anything that's weighing you down, big or small. I've truly noticed such a difference in my stress level since I started therapy years ago. Making it a priority and a consistent part of my routine has allowed me to relieve my stress in a very safe environment instead of bottling it all. As someone who has a hard time sitting in my feelings, it's given me the habit of reflection so I can identify and deal with stressors early on before they overwhelm me. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, and entirely online, making it easy to stay consistent. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash popcastpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash popcastpod. So the weather's getting warmer, and I'm so excited to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters, and hello to dresses and tees. I'm so glad that I found Quince, because not only can I update my wardrobe for the long haul, but I can do it without spending a fortune. Even penthouse Jamie, she's trying to save her cash dollars in this economy. Y'all know how I value quality, and I want to find timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Now, Quince has just restocked their $40 linen wide leg pant, which I am super bummed to try. They have such a nice drape to them and they're 100% linen, which means they'll be super breathable and I'll feel like I'm wearing no pants at all, which is my preference. I'm also loving the look of the organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirt, which is also $40. Guys, true story. Like they have great pieces. I am obsessed with the cardigan I have and the sunglasses I have. The Leon sunglasses are dope. Their prices truly cannot be beat. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% 
less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics. They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass that savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop. This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Olive and June. As a longtime user of Olive and June and as the chairman and co-founder of the We Don't Wear Open Toe Shoes If Our Feet Are Not Presentable Club, I don't think we talk enough about their petty system. Listen to me. Now, the weather is getting warmer. I know you're going to be tempted to go out without just like even acknowledging your winter feet. Maybe need to just have a little buff. You know what I mean? And I'm going to need you to stop right now and order a petty system immediately. Like their mani system, Olive and Jean's petty system comes with everything you need to get those feet ready and presentable without the hassle of going to a salon, including the Posey, which is this brilliant footstool that opens up and you can use it to store everything in. It also comes with a smoothing foot file and hydrating foot serum, which are both mandatory if you ever plan to be around me with your toes on display. I just love how generous they are. And they just sent us the quick dry spring collection and the Kalazog. Gina, they truly have the best shades, whether you like bright colors, pastels, or neutrals. The Kitten Quick Dry is my go-to neutral shade, but if I'm in the mood for something fun, I've been reaching for Flamingo, which is this bright coral pink shade that is just perfect for spring. Just like their regular polishes, the Quick Dry are super long-lasting, and the best part is they dry in just about a minute. I'm as obsessed with the Quick Dry for doing my pedicures as I am with the tab press-ons for my manis because they are so quick and easy and give the best results every single time. Visit oliveandjean.com slash podcast for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash P-O-P-C-A-S-T for 20% off your first system. Okay, up next we have Heather Patridge who said, my fifth grade teacher played the O.J. Simpson trial the entire <laughs> <laughs> entire year she would scream at the tv periodically she cried with joy the day he was acquitted and said that's my boy <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i was in college and we watched it we i had one one teacher like every time we were in class it would just be on silent in the back like so i get it listen i have no issues with this because yeah uh, i like i think do like in, in fifth grade, do you need? I don't even know when you learn when the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, but eventually you got to learn that. And if that's what you're slated to learn in fifth grade, what's more important, learning that or watching this trial that's going to change American life for the next? I mean, it's still changing American life. We have true crime, not because of this, but it helped perpetuate oh, it. Yeah. the Kardashians, reality TV, um, David Schwimmer yelling juice, you know, like it's just <laughs> this was a big deal. And it was I, a big deal. I didn't get to watch it. We we had it. Uh, I was in middle school. And then when they read the verdict, it was in the hallway and everyone went bananas. And I was like, loud noises. Don't know how to, I don't know how I think about this, you know? So it was <laughs> it just, was it was wild. Listen, listen, I watched the, when I was in elementary school, because I am so old, <laughs> I watched the Challenger space shuttle right. explode in Mrs. Nail's class. And then I realized I asked one too many questions about how they died. Did they feel it? <laughs> did, <laughs> like, did they feel I, the explosion i kept asking her and miss nail was like don't ask any questions we're sad right now and so then when i got on the bus i asked mr hollis if their bodies exploded can they still go to heaven and if right. not where are they and right. he also asked me not to ask any more questions that it was a sad day that's Question. what i figured out i did not understand feelings and I, how to uh, process them no i think you were trying to process them no one wanted to engage with you that's what i'm hearing i know and those are 
fair questions. I think a second it's not weird for a second grader to go, hey, did they feel it when that just happened? Look, this is like at my first disciple now when the youth pastor was there and he's trying to do the call, like to the altar call for salvation. And I was like, great, great, great. Uh, really quick before you like get into the thing, because I know I know what's going and you do a great job. Um, did the, is the Antichrist going to have a choice or is it just like, boom, you're the Antichrist? And he was God. just like... <laughs> We're doing something here and we're not talking about We're the on the Roman road right now. Please stay on like, the Roman road. But shouldn't we shouldn't we be talking about that? Shouldn't more people be talking about that? <laughs> I think it's a fair question. Okay, up next we have Thayer Dan who said, I had been teaching for maybe two weeks when I was asked to sub for a sixth grade math class. I'd been there less than ten minutes when this kid comes up. His parents, everyone around him called him Bubba. He asked to go to the bathroom. I gave him the pass and all's well. After about ten minutes, I noticed he had not returned. I texted the principal to let him know. He said to give him five more minutes and then go look for him. Bubba returned about three minutes later, and I innocently asked him, uh, where were you? Fifteen minutes was a long time to just be going to the bathroom. And he looked me dead in the face and said, big ma'am got to take a big poop. <laughs> I've never commented on a bathroom trip ever since. Uh, first of all, I, I, I just want to say I love the communication here with Thayer Dan. You know, he, he's subbing, so he's in a right. new place. Just he doesn't to, know Bubba. Doesn't know Bubba, wants to respect the, uh, the, the hierarchy and the bathroom vibes, you know, wants to be active with that diligence, like not passive. And he, he texts the principal and kudos to the principal for texting right back and being like, hey, great text. Let me tell you about pooping windows here at Lone Star Elementary or whatever. <laughs> I, I think this is a, like a victory for all of them, especially Bubba too, for owning especially, like his pooping time. Yeah, listen, but I think I own that like, hey, sometimes I got to stay in there a little longer or sometimes it's hard to get it out and I got to like think through some stuff. So I yeah. got to get inspired. I'm not inspired. Got to go ask some teachers what happens to exploded bodies in heaven, you know, listen, are they cool or did they get reassembled? My favorite stories on this post were the ones where kids said weird things. My favorite was an anonymous who she teaches first grade in New England. And she said the local children's museum brought some reptiles for the kids to learn about, meet, and interact with. The museum woman was holding a bearded dragon and it was crawling up her shoulders towards her neck. A student asked, why is the lizard holder like that? And the woman said, oh, he just likes my body heat. Remember, they're cold-blooded. And one of the first graders with glasses just goes, want to feel my heat? (laughs) And he says it and puts his hands on her arm. Okay. And she just says, wow, you are warm, and quickly moves to the other side of the room. I What's like true that. is true, man. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. That's right. I do, I, I, I'd be remiss if I, I, I feel like we have to acknowledge that there are some different gender norms in regards to pooping, you know? What do because you Because I think most men, I think, ascribe to the um, minute to year ratio of, of pooping. Like, the idea, the belief, the, the theology of that is that you're legitimately allowed to be gone pooping for the same amount of minutes uh, that you are years old. Okay? What? So, for Bubba, he was... Uh, I think he was 12. Did he say sixth grade? Sixth so, grade, you know, yeah. 15 overshot it a little bit, but I don't know, you know, maybe it was a longer route there and back. Um, but I think like it's, it's that pooping window was realistic. For so him. you can poop for 40 minutes. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I do this. I'm but saying you can... largely this is something people do from time to time. They're not pooping the whole time, but it's just, I'm going to sit in here. I'm going to get on some reels. I'm going to read some books, whatever, whatever. I'm okay. saying that's what it is. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, I'm going to take this next one, Jamie, because um, there this was a, a long winding story. And at many different off ramps, I had issues and questions. And I was hoping oh. you could help yes. shed some light on what's going on Please. here. So we could like group think this together. Uh, this is Abigail Buxa. Uh, and she says, I studied abroad in Austria for a semester in college, and our whole group went to a little mountain village for a first weekend trip. One of our planned excursions was to a thermal spa. 
So we went, swam around, and then, for cultural immersion's sake, decided to split guys and girls and take turns venturing into the rooftop nudist zone. What? Okay, so Austria, Mountain Village, Thermal Spa, rooftop nudist zone. Okay, that's the okay. order of operations here, okay? M- makes, makes a lot of sense so far. Most of the girls at our conservative Christian college didn't love seeing old men in the nude. I would say probably most girls everywhere. Listen, that's uh, Abigail's problem. Nobody wants to see older men in the nude. Yeah. You know what? You know how many YMCAs I've been to where old men just change? And they don't just change. They luxuriate in their nudity. They put their butt whole. And I mean butthole on every surface in that. <laughs> I know, and they think everybody wants a piece of that hairiness, and nobody does. I don't think that's what it is, Jamie, to be honest with you. I think it's just I've lived long enough. I'm going to do and swing this thing around and spread this thing around, and I'm going to put it everywhere I want to. No, I, I think it more. is. I think it has to do with war. If they went to the V, I think my dad would do that. He's like, I served in Vietnam. I get to be naked whenever I want. Right. I'm just, I'm not going to put that on all Vietnam veterans, another fly swat, <laughs> just so you know. Um, but right. just, I feel like we're in the same ballpark, though. I feel like that's yeah. that okay, that fair enough. Um, so the uh, girls decided to head back down after a, v- a few very uncomfortable minutes in the sauna, while two of my friends and I stayed up a bit longer to try the hot tub. While we were showering off, we were laughing about how wild this experience was until one of my friends made eye contact with our 50 to 60 year old professor. He had made his way upstairs thinking that all the girls in the group had left and unfortunately ran right into the three of his students who could not have been more exposed. Okay. There's a postscript, which we'll get to in a second. Is everyone naked here? Because that's not how I originally read this like the first five times. Oh yeah. Everybody's naked. They're on the rooftop. It's the nudist zone. There's a hot tub there. There's a sauna. Listen, you've never been to a Korean spa, apparently. You're always nude the whole time. You're not allowed to be clothed in these spaces. Have you been to a Korean spa? No, I won't do it. I got to okay. keep my towel on. You got very judgy all of a sudden. You got world traveler. Yeah, you've been to a naked spa, though. No. No? No. Without <laughs> spa. <laughs> that is callback to boundaries, probably, I would say. Oh, I thought that where she braided your hair was No, naked. it was not. I was not naked. No, Aaron no. wasn't, but she was. The other person No, was Sebastiana was not naked. Her name was Sebastiana. That's she was name. just very attentive to my massage needs. But I will say that Aaron and I, no one has uh, pursued us harder to go to a Korean spa than Sarah Stewart Holland of Pantsuit Politics. She is okay. like one step away from just booking our tickets to Korea like and making us go. Or to just go to Dallas to the Korean spa yeah. in Dallas. Is it about the like cultural um, richness of it or is she, is she about the nudity? I think she's about the nudity. Yeah. She's like, you guys just got to get nude. You just got to yeah, get she's nude. She's like, you're you're restrained. You've not. And I'm like, no, I've gone to therapy, so I'm good. But yeah. she's like, you need to be naked. And I'm like, you're like, dog. I didn't fight in Vietnam. I don't get that right. <laughs> that's okay, right. I don't have that privilege. I've not gone to war. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, so okay, so there, everybody's nude here. That is that changes the tenor of this because the professor is also nude with his students, but he because doesn't I, know he's going to be with his students. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on, right, right. Mm, does he? Because like, well, he gave it like a heart. So I'll, I'll read the rest. Thankfully, we never discussed this incident with Walter, parentheses, who was an absolutely kind and wonderful professor and very quickly averted his eyes after seeing us. I don't know if this parentheses is enough to, to, to no, validate it, this. It's not. And it's because she calls him Walter. Walter. Exactly. That's it. There's no way. I my I just told you, Dr. Patty Owen Smith, I didn't call her Patty. I house sat for her. I slept in her bed and took care of her dog. And I still called her Dr. Owen Smith. I did yeah. not call her Patty. That's crazy. If I looked at like the version history of this comment that she had left, there probably was a previous version that said, 
never discussed this incident with my elder lover, Walter, you know, but she did, she edited it out. To, like, but she's to not preserve supposed to it. say that because it's a conservative Christian college. <laughs> you can't, you're not allowed to say that. Although I would argue when you say conservative Christian college, it's more likely that you were having some sort of sexual relations with someone you shouldn't have. And I say that as the professor, not as her. I, and I think, I think 50 to 60 year old professor is a huge range. I know it's just 10 years, but I'm, I'm seeing different people when I think of 50 and then when I think of 60. Do you know what I mean? 50 is like Brad Pitt. Yeah. 60 is like Bob Barker. It's like Wilford Brimley. And right. I, I just need to know what I'm thinking of right here. I just, I don't think, I don't know that the guy like was on his phone, looked up and suddenly he's on the nudist level and his <laughs> students are there <laughs> right? from 30 seconds ago. I just have a lot of issue. I don't know if, if Abigail Bucks, if she's learning in this moment that this was probably like a setup sneaky situation. Her last line, uh, she says, okay, very quickly, Virgil is for seeing us, comma, but we did end up sharing some pasta that night. You think is pasta, that a euphemism? It is, is that 100%. A euphemism? Yeah. Pasta. It's like... <laughs> Parentheses, wet macaroni noises with Walter. Yeah, because pasta is code for the sauce went everywhere, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I would like you to cite your sources, please, ma'am. Remember, remember being a waffle versus being spaghetti? I don't. You're saying that like it was something I should know. Because like Knox, you're a waffle. It's very compartmentalized. And I'm, I'm not spaghetti. participating because I don't know what this is. I don't know what this means. So I'm not going to play this game. Next, we'll do Mandy Chris underscore 66. In my third or fourth year of teaching, I convinced all of my 10th graders that I grew up Amish and left the community to become a teacher. I had a whole backstory down to the name of my favorite horse. I didn't actually grow up Amish. I just needed a reason for them to stop trying to find me on social media. The next year, I had a class of 12th graders. And when they asked why I hadn't gone to my high school prom, I told them dancing wasn't allowed in the town I grew up in and then told them the whole plot of Footloose as it happened to me. <laughs> okay, I love all of this. I, I'm, I'm trying to decide if I'm more impressed with this or the teacher who went hard in the paint for like, OJ is innocent <laughs> and I've won. Because it's a frozen take now to be like, I was pro OJ. But in the moment, I felt like it was oh, very in the moment, reasonable. it was like finally justice for a horrific judicial yeah. system that always tried to frame the wrong person. Those gloves didn't fit. It feels like we should have quit. <laughs> I just, right. I, I blame Kato Kalen. I feel like. When Kato Kalen got in the mix, everyone was like, "What? What is this? What's happening here? What's oh, going?" Yeah. It got very disorienting after. Yeah, him. it did. I like this witness protection vibe in a teacher. Yes. Like I'm just going to keep you guessing about my. Pro- I actually loved trying to figure out the. And see, I had to do it back in the day where there was no. I could find you now. I could find mm-hmm. your. I could find your house on Zillow. But it was weird to not know. And then, like, it was like Mean Girls when you would see a teacher out in the wild. Oh my gosh! You're like, are you eating yeast rolls at this Quincy's? This is crazy. Again, what? with the emphasis on the yeast, I just don't think that's part of the marketing. You <laughs> no, know? yeast makes them better. I understand the ingredients, but I just don't know that anyone would be like, let's focus on the yeast of it all. Let's really build around yeast. You know, let's make that the quarterback. <laughs> Listen, of the I whole don't menu. think people should have a problem with yeast. I'm just saying, I don't have a problem, have with, a problem yeast. with yeast. But I don't think people should have uh, uh, issues with scrotums either. But I'm not leading with the scrotum, you know. It's just like a but part the, of life. Who wants a scrotum roll? Nobody wants that. You don't know that. Don't knock it until you tried it, you know. <laughs> if you want a scrotum roll, make sure you go to our Instagram and post that yep. in our comments yep. on this uh, episode post. Do you, you think scrotum roll is taken as a username? A and then B could be a good band name. I think it could be both. Scrotum roll. What you think it's jazz? Uh, or I don't is know. it or is it punk? Like, I'm not gonna punk? put limbs on the music, you know? No, I'm just gonna let fair. the music be what it is. I, I like this. I, I would like to normalize teachers uh retaining their privacy and uh adopting plots of movies as their life story. Uh, I have a couple here. I want to see <gasps> if you guys can uh team up and maybe guess the movie that I'm summarizing here. All right. So you you just saw your class, you're like, I was homeschooled by a domineering father, 
but I like to collect things. This was a source of tension between us. Um, so I had to seek out my aunt for help and she found a way uh, to help me try a different life out for a weekend. But she also gave me laryngitis because that's contagious in this situation. Uh, but I met my future husband and it all worked out. I know it. I don't know it. What? Aaron. What is it? My aunt? The Little Mermaid. Oh, laryngitis. Did Aaron guess my aunt? <laughs> Was no, that? she asked about who the, like, she was like, oh, okay. my aunt, who was oh. the aunt? The aunt threw me off. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's okay. That was okay. what threw you off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the homeschooled, I don't, I don't consider Ariel to be homeschooled. Where'd she go? She went to Sebastian's school. No. Okay. That's a tutor. That's in her home. <laughs> no, in homeschool. Uh, gosh, they swim to a different grotto. That's And that's she goes to tutor. a fine arts school. <laughs> that's a lifetime movie tutor. No, that's she, what it is. She goes to a fine arts school, essentially. Oh, it's very true. free range. When she almost gets attacked by the shark, she should have been in school and that wouldn't have been a problem. For that's her, what I'm saying. Know? It's a real school. Um, I've she, got, she's really fact checking you on. Yeah. This. You know what, Aaron, you win. I, feel, I, I think like, you win. You took you. that round. She does not like to lose. That's, the, that's where this is coming from. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm thinking there's no way either of you know the summary for over the top 1987, the Sylvester Stallone movie. So I'm oh, just going to no. skip that one. Oh, okay. Good call. Uh, basically he's a truck driver who arm wrestles on the side and he arm has to wrestles? go to arm wrestling As championship. No, on the side. I literally sat on the side, Jamie. But, no, he's a truck I mean, driver, like, arm wrestles on the side. <laughs> but it makes it sound like it's a side gig. It is. It is that's until what, the arm wrestling that's what championship. What a job is a gig is a job. I don't know how else I could have been clear that it's a side gig. <laughs> you, li- he literally said it. I know, but side. I'm saying that's a job, and he's like, no, it's on the side. No, he goes to the arm wrestling championships to win a hundred thousand dollars and a hundred thousand pounds of yeast to use at his discretion. <laughs> Very realistic. <laughs> he make them roll. What could he do with all the? <laughs> He's going to start uh, but, a Quincy's franchise. That's exactly. Right. And that's how Quincy's got started. I, I'll do this one. Um, uh, so uh, you uh, decided to get into teaching after being in all-day detention one Saturday with a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. I know Aaron, this Can you one. name that movie? This is, uh, this is the one where Breakfast Club. Yay! There you go! <laughs> Very good. Do you know why Emilio Estevez's uh, character is in detention in The Breakfast Club? Because he did bad at football. No, he. I think he's a wrestler. I don't know if he plays football. He might. Oh. Uh, he taped Larry Lester's butt cheeks together, which I just feel like is an insane thing to get in attention for. Well, that's why I shouldn't have gotten paddled for not napping. I agree. Oh, you didn't Emilio nap and you got Estevez should have gotten paddled for taping someone's butt cheeks. Yeah. Just, by the why are we, why are we taping it? butt cheeks together? They're already like smashed together. Like, I don't know what you're accomplishing. Like, if he, if he taped them apart, that's that's. Do you think it's because of what happens to the front of you when you tape your butt together? Tell me more, Aaron. What do you think happens to the front of Larry Lester? Well, if if he's wrapping it around and not, you know, like tearing off individual pieces, then you've got a situation in the front. Okay. No. Okay. I hadn't thought about this because I I think I thought it was geolocated to only the back. Um, But if this was like he taped his um, diglet down, I feel like that Uh would have been cited as like he taped you know, his scrotum. But that was probably too spicy for eighties. Maybe, maybe, maybe not spicy enough. I don't know. know. Jamie thoughts on taping the front parts. What'd you just do? Why'd you, why'd you go? I killed a gnat on my computer. It's gross. Oh no. I know. But I I mean, I think you keep it there and let them all know. Like, Hey, this is how we get down here. That's why we think they're gotten aggressive because we have this graveyard of gnats and they're mad. No. Um, I hear, I, I say you tape down your front parts. If they bother you, do what you want. Yeah, no, that's good. Jason, keep that. That's a very organic segue back in. 
Every spring, I'm reminded that there's nothing like a fresh start in spring cleaning. This year, we're taking things one step further with our spring refresh at the McCoy House. Sure, it's been a lot of work to get here, but we're all so excited to settle into our new space. If you've ever moved before, you know there's nothing like the first night in a new room and the difference that soft, breathable, all-new bedding can make. Bowl and Branches signature sheets are the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep and are designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made with the finest 100% organic cotton and feel incredible on night one, yet they still get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch very kindly sent us a code to try out their sheets and I, and by I, I mean my wife Ashley, picked the signature hemmed sheet set in cream. We both were so impressed that the quality and softness were so good and so nice. They were super breathable, which I'm also thankful for with summer just around the corner. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bull and Branch. Go to bullandbranch.com slash podcast for 15% off your first sheet set plus free shipping. That's Bull and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash podcast for 15% off exclusion supply see site for details when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Um, KT Pennington said, in third grade, my teacher started us on the wrong day of our state standardized testing, then threatened us with lunch detention if we told anyone. The next day, I was called into the principal's office and asked, what happened? So I told. Two days later, she sat us all down in a circle and told us, quote, some little birdie staring at me, had told the office, and she'd been fired. So I got my third grade teacher fired at 10, and I've never felt more powerful. This makes me really laugh because I, I, I know it's probably a very easy mistake to make of just starting you on the entire wrong day of standardized testing. How is that? How is that even humanly possible? Like, you're a good teacher? What? I feel like I would definitely do that, to be honest with you. So I'm like, there's no shade there, but just to not have your life together to the point where you're on a different day, I think that's interesting. I think... I think I think the question we should ask is: Is Katie Pennington a narc? By the definition, oh, this is how snitches are born. This is what this story is. This is a snitch origin story. Because, like, I I don't understand. So, the principal you you meant, uh, mentioned witness protection. Principal's not giving out witness protection. So, the principal's like, "Hey, what happened?" And also, teacher, I'm firing you because um, KT said that you started on Thursday and it's this Wednesday. So, so did the teacher get fired for doing the test on the wrong day, or did the teacher get tired because she threatened the children with detention? If they told the truth. Option C, I think this is probably the veritable straw that broke the camel's back. I don't think this was the first problem. Oh. I think this is probably number 12 uh, on this a This teacher's list. selling drugs in the parking lot <laughs> to hall monitors. And I don't side. know that she has her stuff together, you know, to no. be able to sell drugs. So, but we don't want to steal this from you, KT. We want you to feel the power that you felt at 10 years old that you got this done. Can I – two more questions. Um, d- why did the principal need to uh, do man-on-the-street interviews for what happened on the standardized testing, because it feels like it'd be pretty obvious 
They're like, oh, they did the wrong day. I don't need yeah, kids to Yeah, they did the wrong day. Us. What did the teacher possibly say in the, her interview to say, Unless the teacher's hey. like, we got robbed and they only took the standardized tests. Uh, and so we're going to have to start over now. That's the problem. Yeah, I don't understand this. Also, this why is Katie Pennington 10 in third grade? That's not real, <laughs> is it? No, wait. Yeah, you're six in the first grade. I've got no. a fifth grader and she's no. nine. Mar- and she's, yeah, a, she's going to turn 10. in fifth grade and she's 10. How old will Cy be in kindergarten? He's five. And how old will he be in a month? He'll be six. Six. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Math is not their strong suit. I want to jump in there and, and help because I was I was terrified of you asking me questions about how old my kids will be in a certain amount of years because I'm So a like for Erin, her child will be seven in the first grade for most of it, eight for most of second, nine for most of third. So uh, it does feel like somebody, KT, you do get, you get I was that? 10 you turning 11 that? in fourth grade and I have a December yeah. birthday. So yeah. I so it's, I, it sounds like KT that you were able to be a good witness because you have been held back a year and you'd seen some things. I feel like this, maybe KT Pennington was like legitimately a narc. Like there's a 21 jump street situation. Oh, maybe you know? so. I'm not like that bad. Even better. Okay. Up next we have uh bye cat P. Wait, <laughs> I can't be right. Bye cat pie. By cat pie. Is that how you think that is? It's definitely not P, but I do. I want to <laughs> embrace and celebrate any pronunciation. How do you know? It might be Jane or it might be Janie. Okay. By cat pie said, my sixth grade teacher, who was a professional clown, but that's not the story, had pet rats running around the classroom that he was emotionally attached to. One day, a student scooted back in his chair, not thinking to look for rodents, and it injured the rat. <laughs> My teacher cried and made us have a funeral for the rat where he dug a hole, pulled out a 45 millimeter handgun, and shot the rat into oblivion. I should mention this was a Christian private school shaped like a cross. So. <laughs> oh my well, God. By, guess what? We already knew it was shaped like a cross. Because yeah. If a teacher has a 45 millimeter in the classroom, then we knew. We knew. By, by cat pie or pee or however you pronounce it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you know this or like if you knew this in the moment, but with the benefit of hindsight. Your sixth grade teacher had some real intense issues going on at that point in his life. Same. You know, it sounds like to me that uh, Cat P left <laughs> lived somewhere where maybe you just didn't have the best selection. Do we want to bet? Do we want to bet where this Christian school shaped like a cross exists in that uh, normalizes we, rats and handguns in the classroom? Um, I feel like it's an easy peasy Texas. No, I mean I'm gonna. Oh, see, I'm gonna put Florida right there. Florida. Florida feels too interesting. Obvious. Without we don't know, so I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Texas. Aaron, do you have a guess? or Louisiana? I'm trying to find out. There's no chance it's in the South. It's not in the South, right? My seventh grade homeroom teacher, he like never actually showed up. They had to replace him day one. Um, and it was because uh, he had an emotional breakdown while roller skating. And it was like, I, I think there's no group of kids, I feel like, more ready to embrace that. Not like helpfully, but we're just in middle school, you're so self-centered. You're like, oh, yeah, Mr. Soso got like a mental breakdown when he was roller skating. Okay, cool. Whatever. Like back to me, you know. You know, if I'm going to have a Minty B, I do want it to be on roller skates. Like that's a cooler story than I had a Minty B in my Volvo. At a traffic light. Like, that's a sure. sad That's, that's not a very sad fun story. at all. No. That's very but if basic. I was like, well, I had an anxiety attack and crumbled under the weight of the world uh, <laughs> and I, while I was rollerblading to go get co- tacos. Like, that's a lovely story. I, I just, I, I think I also want to say, like, um, the fact that the guy was a professional clown, but in no way did that actually factor in the story. And, and what that means is, like, this guy has two massive personal footnotes about himself, one of which him being a pro- uh, professional clown 
and that didn't make final cut on this story. That just didn't factor into that part well, of the story. Well, and listen, I'm telling you, this guy was lucky he didn't live during Yelp reviews because I promise you, if somebody brought a professional clown to their kid's birthday party and then they found out later they had pet rats, they're not going to be cool with it. Like they're uh, not. It depends on what part of Florida you're in. That might be like fair, a like a fair. thing, you know. Orlando, yeah. I don't, and I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna quibble with the word use uh, by Cat P because I don't think they had a f- funeral for the rat. I think they had a ritualized mercy murder because you can't like have a funeral and the thing's still alive. And then put it in the grave and then shoot it with a gun. That's not how funerals work, guys. I know, Jamie, you don't like funerals. That is not how funerals work. Yeah, I can confirm. This is the order. Uh, made us have a funeral mm-hmm. where he dug a hole, pulled out a gun, shot the rat into oblivion. What's going in the hole? I mean, the rat's in the hole when he shoots him, right? Oh, that's a, that's ew, an that's in an media exec- res murder. I don't murder. understand executions. I don't it's okay. like that. It's okay. Oh, yeah, it's weird. Like it's it. weird. <laughs> You know, I looked up what, like, because I was like, what makes a professional clown versus just a regular clown, like an amateur clown, you know? And uh, on the internet, there's not like, you don't have a license or anything. There's some clown finishing schools, but it's not like legit or anything. So I, I read the definition because someone on Google asked, like, what makes a clown a clown? And I was like, that's really existential. I wanted to the answer to that. And it says, a clown is a person who performs comedy and arts in a state of open-mindedness using physical comedy, typically while wearing distinct makeup or costuming and reversing folkway norms. And I thought, are we clowns? Is this when we realize we're kind of clowns? Because I think like, we are. But without the rats. No rats, though. We wouldn't murder we're a rat. We're cool clowns. We're cool clowns. We're not like other clowns. We're That's cool right. clowns. That's right. Um, okay, well, that is our conversation on the nose of teachers. Uh, if you have thoughts and opinions on our thoughts and opinions, please let us know. Noxjama.com slash 519. All right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? <gasps> Let's do some lights. All right, what is your red light this week? Okay, so I have two. So the first is we we collectively, as a company, we want to red light ourselves. In a recent episode, we used a term that is derogatory to the indigenous community, which we were unaware of. And listeners almost all kindly corrected us, especially our indigenous listeners. They reached out. They were so lovely in educating us. We deleted it from the episode. Jason, he deleted it from the episode that very right. night it was published. And we just want to apologize. We didn't know. That's not an excuse. That's just a heads up. We didn't know. And now we will never use that term again. And we're so sorry that we did because we were unaware. And we're so glad that you told us because just like, again, like Maya Angelou and Rachel Hollis say, when you know better, you do better. And that's That's right. I didn't know we can't have rats in the class. Now I won't have rats in the class. That that kind of situation. I know. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that that was my fault. Even in the moment we were talking about it, I I made a note. I was like, check in on this to make sure this is okay. Because I can see how this could not be okay, right? And I just never checked in on it, so uh, that was that's my bad. Well, we, you know, we didn't we didn't know, and so now we know, and we won't use that term again. So that's, that's a right. Promise. So, uh, but my other red light, which is completely different, because it is about uh, me seeing a penis unsolicited this weekend. Okay. So I had a medical emergency. I tell that full story on the more you know this week, and as part of that story. I did want to let you know that I was at the ER and I needed to go. So when you go to the ER, often you have to do a urine test, but there's not like, you know, if you can get up, they want you to get up and go to the one person bathroom that's in the hall. And it was right. directly across the hall. So I had already done my pee test, but because I had drank so much water to try to pee, I needed to go back to the bathroom and I opened the door. My best friend was with me in this ER room and I said, oh, somebody's in there. And so I held the door and, I, and then I heard the door click and I was like, oh no, they're coming out. I, I'll be back. And I came out and a man stepped out into the hall. So this wasn't me looking into the bathroom. Hall the waiting room or just like a hallway? Hallway, like the hallway. Gotcha. Yeah. And so he steps out into the hallway. He does not have a shirt on. Okay. His jeans are about halfway down his tuchus. Okay. 
and his diglet is out. Okay, when you he, when you tease this, I thought it was like there was going to be a gown situation, and I feel like gowns they're real willy nilly. Like you don't exactly. know what's going to be flowing where, exactly. so that's not his fault. But what you're no. describing is like basically he flashed you. That's right, and then he tucked it back in and zipped up his pants, and he was like, "Hey," and then he walked down the hall. Now I was like, "What just happened to me?" This was it wasn't tra- it wasn't that it was traumatic. It was just like unexpected. You know, okay. I didn't like it, but like. It was fine. I go into the bathroom. His gown is on the counter, as okay. is his ID bracelet that right. he has now taken off. So I assume that that's the last anyone saw him in that. Definitely ER. not a fugitive. You didn't see fugitive Diglett. I can I can confirm. Well, I get thinking like, why did he have pants on if he w- didn't have a shirt on? But then I was like, oh, because he didn't have underwear on. So yeah. he probably was like, I can't walk out of here completely naked. Sure, that'd be so, weird. That would that. be super weird. So. I mean, just a, as a testament to to some guys being dudes, you know, the fact that he was like, I've walked out here with my penis out. Right. This woman has seen it. We've made eye contact. Yeah. And then he like zipped himself up and got decent. And then he was like, hey, what's up? Should we do something? Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying good job by him, but I'm like, men and their hubris and their ability to talk themselves in anything remains undefeated, I think. I know. It's like, and especially because, no, do you think he was white? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Of course he was. White blonde man. You can never trust them. You can never trust them. Okay. What's your red light? Uh, my red light is, I think, Variety and Hollywood Reporter. There's a lot of um, uh, pieces coming out right now that's like the 40-ish most important people in podcasting right now. <gasps> what? And we didn't make it. We didn't even make it. We didn't get a call. We didn't is, get an email. I'm, I'm so weird to you right now. If I read that list and even half of them are celebrities, I will riot in the streets. Well, get your riot gear out because number two is Smartless. Uh, uh, they're out there in the streets being very important. you know. And it's a lot of the same people that you've always thought. But some people I haven't. And I was like, okay, it's good to know this person. But it just kind of made me sad. Yeah, I, I want like, to know Man. indie shows. I don't – listen, I, it's not okay – for because what I'm saying is, guys, I don't hate celebrity podcasts just to hate celebrity podcasts. I, do. I hate that I do. no one. I, I hate know, them right? just to hate them. But I, I don't. I want to acknowledge, and I want them to acknowledge. Hey, I started on third base in podcasting. Yeah. Some of you had to order the cheapest mic you could find, and then yep. you still couldn't afford it, so you bought it on eBay. The first mic I ever owned was a Snowball, and I bought it on eBay so I could save half the price because that was all I could afford to try to. If podcast. you haven't had a Snowball or a used Blue Yeti, please get out of my face with your. <laughs> face that's exactly right those are the real y'all are the real deal if you've done it that way and so that's my problem with celebrities and the idea that like smartless because it has a lot of downloads but did they acknowledge in the article that none of the hosts of smartless know how to talk to a person of color did they acknowledge that i'll go back and look i don't think they did but that feels like a thing if you want to listen to them talk to oscar winner octavia spencer and be awkwarded out like unlike anything you've ever experienced i do encourage you to listen to that episode yeah i don't i don't know that that would make the story but i don't know I didn't. I skimmed it. And I love Sean Hayes. Like, if I could keep one of them, it would be Sean Hayes. I love him yeah. desperately. Um, I also, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, college football is back this weekend. It's back. This, is week this weekend? Yep. It's coming back. Not a lot of good games, but it's back. That means gambling on college football is back. Uh, that means later this week on Over Underachievers, Jason and I preview college football, talk about all the ways we're going <gasps> to lose money. Yay! Uh, and just spoiler, if you like Duke, UNC, Minnesota, Mississippi State, or Oklahoma, uh, I think your season's going to be trash, and I'm betting on it. Uh, but if you like Auburn, Vandy, Illinois, or Texas A&M, I think you might be in for some goodness, you know? And I'm on Oh, giving Melanie Shankle some hope. Listen, That's right. okay, when y'all gamble like on football, do you or Jason tend to make more money? Or, um, or not are you, even are you more trying money. to pit us against each other and like no, make us compete I'm not, right now? No, not even more money. 
who gets more bets correct? Is oh, that how it's man. what it's called? Getting them I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, we probably would could use a gambling teacher here. You know, that would probably. Oh my help. god, do you want me to be your gambling teacher? <laughs> do you want to gambling teach right now? <laughs> I would say uh, Jason is more consistent, and uh, I. I really only limit myself to certain seasons of gambling and I take bigger swings. Oh, um, I got it. But I'm more infrequent, but Jason is much more consistent and reasonable in his in his gambling. So Okay. Yeah. So learn more uh, later this week on Over Under Chiefers. Yay. Jamie, what's your green light this week? Okay. Before my green light, we have a live show in Austin on September 2nd and we just opened up another block of tickets and we're posting the giveaway post on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central. Simply comment or reply on those posts to enter to win. We have some tickets that opened up and we want to uh, give them away to people that maybe, maybe you were on the fence. Maybe you were like, I can't really afford to go this time. We want to make it so that some of you can go that maybe could not. Um, but my green light is a book. Oh, you guys, you're not ready. I love this book so much. The book is called Knockout by Sarah McLean. It's a historical romance, but it is not your mom's bodice ripper, although bodices are ripped. Uh, it is open door. Um, this is a story of Imogen Loveless. I freaking love the name Imogen. Erin, do you like the name Imogen? I like it. I know, me too. So Imogen Loveless, she is, uh, she's a lady. She likes, she's into explosives. Um, she's problematic. She's peculiar. She's an odd woman out in the circles of high society London. And her family is trying to get her in line. And so they hire a bodyguard to really just keep tabs on her. And he's a detective um, at Scotland Yard, and he kind of does a side gig, which now I understand what side gigs are, their jobs. And he takes a side gig of keeping track of her. and But he, he doesn't have time for this. He has a proper job. He doesn't care about this lady's, like, chaos. But uh, something happens, and there's a little bit of mystery. There's a little bit of a thriller. The thing I love about Sarah, as somebody who's read a lot of romance novels, like contemporary Emily Henry's and then Tessa Dare and all kinds of all kinds of folks, I would say Sarah writes really excellent, smart, and witty dialogue. She has a weight to her writing that I think a lot of romance writers don't have, which is why they can put out books so quickly. Um, if you like Miss Scarlet and the Duke on PBS, which, Erin, I think you would really like Miss Scarlet and the Duke on PBS. What's it about? Miss Scarlet is a detective in, like, I guess, I don't know when time is, 1800s England. Okay, okay. before and guns he, were made, right? Right, we all exactly. Know. Yeah. And then the Duke, he works for, you know, the... I guess Scotland Yard too. It's everybody's Scotland Yard. <laughs> anyway, uh, and they have like a tension and it's really nice and it's very lovely, but it's very like uh, Britishy and, you know, reserves, but like you can feel it on the edge. So, okay. I like it. I know. So if you like uh, Sarah McLean, if you like this book, you read it and you like it. Her Love by the Number series is my favorite, but this one is top notch. It just came out this week. It's excellent. So what's your green uh, light? My green light is the novel. Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. Um, a lot. I, I downloaded this a couple months ago and then never started it. And a handful of people, especially after we talked about Tyler Childers, were like, man, you really need to listen to that. Um, so prompted by them, I, I went ahead and dove in. And I'd seen like, it, you know, bestseller, huge deal, really great reviews. And, I, you know, I think I'd never, I don't know why, but I've never read Barbara Kingsolver. Like at all? Yeah, Just I had never not either. Interacted, yeah. intersected with with what she's written. I always remember seeing the Poisonwood Bible and just being like, "Oh, I don't think I want to read that." And I don't even know what it's about, but I just <laughs> didn't want to. But uh, I can. This might be a hot take. She's a good writer. She's really good at writing. Uh, and she's yeah. written a lot of books. This book is uh, absolutely electric. It's one of the most vivid voices I've read in a long time. It tells the story of the main character, 
Uh, it's a kid named uh, nicknamed Demon Copperhead, uh, but it's set in um, Appalachia, where we both are residents. Probably you more so than me. Yep. Some people what? would say yes. Um, but it's it's a, it's a kid, Demon Copperhead. He's born to a single mom uh, in a trailer, uh, and his father's already passed away by the time he's born. Um, but he uh, basically goes through foster care, um, deals with drug issues, deals with families not wanting him, overdoses the horrors of some corners of the foster care system, a small town. Uh, I think it's set in like Lee County um, where it's just really uh, uh, rural and there's a lot of poverty. And it's one of those, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, and I think Barbara Kingsover talks about this in the book by way of the narrator, you don't really get a lot of like um, hope or uh, humanity with uh, Appalachia a lot. Right. It's really yeah. kind of beat down and made fun of. Um, but this is a, uh, you know, th there's a lot of illusions. I think there's a, uh, an apt comparison to David Copperfield, like Dickens, David Copperfield oh, yeah. in his story follows the same kind of beats. Um, but I feel like this is one of those that really leans in and embraces the southernness of it all, um, while also acknowledging like the opioid uh, uh, epidemic happened here. No one really cared. And it just kind of left everybody else to, to deal with the, picking up the pieces. Um, so it also, it, it, it um, kind of sends up some of the problems with the deep South and Appalachia, but it also honors it and respects it. And for some people who um, want to be better and, and want to live a better life um, and don't want to be uh, encumbered with all the stereotypes uh, that the larger world often puts upon us. Uh, I absolutely love this. I listened to the audio version and Charlie Thurston read it. I'd never listened to anything he'd done, but man, he's got a great voice, perfect for oh, okay. this kind of book and this kind of story. So I highly recommend. I Demon bought Copper. this book because of the cover, like originally, because the I think cover I probably is did when I downloaded it. Yeah. I think that's why I ended up doing it, but, and it is not, it and he won the Pulitzer. Feel. So this is an excellent choice. So. Really, really, really excellent book. Um, so I highly recommend everybody checks that out. Um, all right. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And before you go, remember anytime you do any shopping on Amazon, make sure to go to amazon.com slash shop slash the podcast first. So your purchases are affiliate link. Our favorite item purchase using that link this week was, Jamie, this is one pound of strawberries. I just, I'm, can I get over people just ordering fruit from Amazon? I love it. I love it. Do it. Yeah. This has 76,000 ratings, 4.6 stars. Um, but let me tell you, I dug into these questions and my favorite questions were all answered by the same person, Marlene from Los Angeles, California. Okay. First question, how do I order fresh products? Marlene answered, add to your cart and then check out. <laughs> question, can to us, can I send you another address? Marlene answered, Yes. Uh, do employees pay membership fees? Marlene said, I don't know. I'm not an employee. Listen, and the best part of Marlene, when I went and looked at her account, she doesn't like anything she's ever purchased on, except she gave one five-star review to her compression socks. And guess okay. what? Erin, they're the compression socks that we have. No way. I know. She watched so Succession too. She was like, I need some That's compression right. socks. I need yeah. some compression socks. All right, you guys. Don't forget, we have a giveaway for tickets on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook posting on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central, and it will be open for entries until Thursday at 8 p.m. Central. I'm Jamie Golden. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamie B. Golden. I'm Knox McCoy. You can find me on the socials at Knox McCoy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.